Hey, I'm Matt Schultz for Beat Binge. You might also know me as Waz on your radio. I met up with international recording artist Lissy recently to talk about the many hats that independent recording artists wear, as well as her recent move back to Iowa, family, and the future. So grab a chair and join me for lunch with Lissy from a window booth at Lorana Bistro. You are open about a side of the music world that not a lot of of music lovers really get to see from their artists. It's very much, you know, the image, the facade, the, the, the social media presence, and not a lot of artists really feel comfortable sharing that real side of their lives the way that you do. Have you always been that way? Yeah, I mean, it's not even an intentional choice. I think I just sort of, my music and singing and writing songs, I write songs that are true. They're about my feelings. That was really just a way for me to process and feel better about stuff I was going through as a teenager. Like, if I liked some guy and he didn't like me back, or my friends and I weren't getting along, or my parents didn't understand me, you know, I could go to my room with my guitar and write a song. So... For, there really was no division or separation between, like, quote-unquote, Lissy and Lissy. It's just, I'm just sort of like, I like to sing, I want to share with people, hopefully I have something to contribute to, like, society and have some, like, purpose. And that was really the place that I pursued music from, was just as, like, a means to express myself. So yeah. I think a lot of artists, you know, they do have maybe more of an image because that's what's natural to them, because they're really into fashion or they're really into makeup or dancing or... Um, you know, fantasy and, and maybe they are kind of playing a character and I don't judge that. I think that that's awesome. But, um, you know, there's different levels of being a successful musician. And I think that I probably am held back by not creating an image for myself, but I'm okay with it. Don't you think it also depends greatly on what your goals are? Yes. You know, that's something that we, uh, we oftentimes assume that, if you're going to be an aspiring musician, that your goal is to be, you know, Billboard Hot 100 or have, you know, the, the highest selling album of the year or win a Grammy. But that's not every musician's goal. And I think that message gets lost sometimes. Yeah. And I think I've been talking about that a lot more. This third album I just put out, My Wild West, was like about me leaving California to move back to the Midwest where I grew up. And um, a lot of like when I was talking about the album and the songs and my headspace was this thing of like, you know, when I put out my second record, I would have all these interviews or press opportunities. And I felt like there was always sort of this insinuation or people would always sort of like, infer that like if I hadn't stayed in the top 10 that I was like should be feeling like a loser or something yeah (laughs) yeah it was like that was never really my goal of course people I worked with wanted to be in the top and wanted to sell the most units because it's a business and it helps them prove their you know within a label helps them prove their prove their effectiveness to show hey we made top 20 but for me it's like that's too much pressure it almost ruins the music and it makes it less fun because now it's like if I don't get that am I supposed to feel like what I have isn't a value and you know it's a real head bleep you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I think there was a lot of apathy I had to sort of kind of come to embrace in this last like cycle where like I have no outcome in mind if it like no one cares and no one comes and no one buys it and like people give me terrible reviews like that's not the point like I did this because it made me feel like I had something to say so I had to sort of reset my mental goals of like what why am I in this what am I trying to accomplish okay so let me ask you then how did you do it because that's something that a lot of us struggle with in our everyday lives. I think it's it's up for debate like whether (laughs) I'm, I'm I'm kind of like even with this move and I have all this land it's like 
I don't want to speak too confidently about like I figured it out because I am aware like I everything could just fall apart. It could be a disaster. I could have shot myself in the foot. You know, I could have walked away from opportunity that I'll never get back, you know. But I try not to think about that. I think I as an independent artist, if you can get your music licensed and you can tour and make a profit, then you can save that money and you can use it to fund other things. And you don't really have to like go beg a label to sign you because they'll probably not use the money they spend on you responsibly and then you won't own your music, which is the case with my first two albums. I don't really own that anymore. You know? How does that feel knowing that it came from you? It's like you almost gave birth to a child in a way and then you don't get to claim it. Yeah, I mean, I get to claim that I wrote it and performed it, but like if someone wanted to use When I'm Alone in a movie, like I don't get to see any of that money. But the thing is, I accept that because I knew what I signed up for. I took a big advance mm -hmm. and I they put billboards of me all around London and in the underground and that cost money, you know. So I knew going into it that like I was sort of, I, I, without having had that big label experience, I don't think I would be as far as I am. So it's like, I see it as part of the process and I'm grateful to the people who worked so hard to help me find success, especially overseas. Um, so it's like a give and take. It, it feels okay. Cause it's like, I put myself in that position and I gained from it. So, you know, it's like, you can't expect everything, but give nothing. You have to find the balance. Yeah. And in a way you have to pay the fiddler. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, who's that guy? Uh, Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. he'll come back later to collect his favor. So, anyway. Like yeah, that. you call him Rumpelstiltskin. Other people call him the devil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I just was watched that TV show once recently, and I was like, Rumpelstiltskin. He can, like, solve your problem, but, like, he's going to come back later to collect your firstborn. Pay so. up, Lizzie. <laughs> yeah. Are you out there? Take away my fear I haven't lost my hope Even though I am so far from my
And you and your family are pretty close, aren't you? Because mm-hmm. I've met your mom. She's a jazzy yeah. little darling. <laughs> she's a jazzy little darling. I'll tell her that. Yeah, no, my mom and dad are married like together since high school, which, you know, I feel like that's a rarity to have parents who've been nearly married for like 50 years. And yeah. then I'm the youngest of four. All my siblings have kids. Um, you know, my sister's got more on the way. And uh, How is being an aunt? Do you love the, that aunt role? Yeah, well, it's funny because I was just with all, all, the, all the kids, the five nieces and the nephew were all together for this retirement party for my dad, which was brilliant. And my brothers and my sister and I all gave speeches. And it was a really special time. And it's funny because they range in age from three to 13. But like... They think I'm really cool. They think I'm a teenager. They don't understand because I don't have kids and I don't have a husband and I'm always just kind of doing my thing. And I like hanging out with them sometimes more than the adults because they want to like play games and they're fun. Um, and they think I'm a teenager. They used to. Now they're old enough. But they're, they used to be like, are you a teenager? Like, Why don't you have any kids? <laughs> well, and like, you're a musician you a that tours <laughs> and here they see you well, all they, over they call me a rock the star. press. Well, you are they a rock I'm star cool. though, hon. But one of them was like... <laughs> The one of them always sort of teases me and she's like, you know, there are two of them really. They're like, you're our weird aunt that lives on a farm now. And I'm my other two nieces are like, she's not weird. She's a rock star. And they like come to my defense because I am kind of a weirdo. Like when it comes to like how most people live their lives and the decisions they make, I've kind of gone in a different direction. So I kind of probably do seem like a weirdo to some people. Kids are the best, though. You know, they <laughs> yeah. are not going to pull any punches. Yeah. They don't even know how. They're just like, here it is, Aunt Lissy. I'm oh, just going to yeah. say it like it is. They are. One of them, <laughs> I was with them, and I'd been wearing this, like, tie-dyed T-shirt. And she's like, I wear it, like, every day. But I do wash it. But she'll be like, do you even wash that shirt? And I'm like, Girl, girls are mean. Like, you put a bunch of young girls together. Like, I'm a feminist. But you put a bunch of girls together, and they can be mean. And I'm 33, and I'm, like, getting my feelings hurt from a nine-year-old. And it's so <laughs> easy because they're unfiltered. My niece will do that, too. And she's four, so she's still the size where you can hold her a little bit. She's getting heavier, but yeah. you can still hold her. It's and so you'll nice. put her up there. And then, you know, she'll find that. She'll, like, point to, like, that crow's feet on your eye. And she'll, like, just touch it. She'll just like, what's that? Why does it do that? And then she'll go, well, mine doesn't do that. And yeah. I'm like, you know what, like, honey? Thanks for pointing out my flaws. Yep, thank you very much. No, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's nice. It's nice to be back closer to my family because even though I am a few hours from where I grew up, it's like, I still, if I know something's going on, it's like, oh, we're going to like aunt and uncle's lake house, which mm-hmm. I've never gone to do that because I've always been in California. I'm not going to fly back just to go to a to a lake house for a day but now it's like oh i can just drive because i'm only a couple hours away and and it's, it's nice to, to have that, that little bit of a boundary because yeah. i'm about three and a half hours away too where yeah. i could be there if i had to be like if there was an emergency right like you said hop in the car go yeah but you can also keep a little bit of separation you're not going to have your family just dropping by unannounced right it's it's kind of nice it is nice and i mean it would be good to have the, i was actually trying to get my sister and she was trying to talk her husband into it to move up here and my parents said well she moved there then they'd move here and i think that that could be nice but there i'm you know we were talking earlier about getting off the road and and i like having like my own space where i can just if i don't want to do anything for 3 days or see anyone like no one's going to challenge that. Whereas for this last year, I was kind of homeless because my house was under construction. I'd get off tour and I'd go straight to my parents' house, like stay in their basement. And within like, you know, 10 minutes of being home, it was like, can you 
to help out with this family thing, which I was happy to do and I was glad to be there for it. But it was also like, can we just pretend I'm not here for like a day or two? I need to like decompress. Right, right. Because um, you can be a rock star to the rest of the world, but when you go home, your mom still wants you to take out the trash. Yeah. She'll like be like, can you just watch the girls for a few hours? And of course I love watching them, but you know, they might throw up on my iPad and they might like throw up in my bed and they might like... You know, require all of my attention, and I'm trying to like send an email with like my receipts for the, the tour, and I uh-huh. can't. But I guess it's good practice for being a mom someday. I hope. Yeah, yeah, I hope too. Yeah, I thought for a long time. Oh, this is great. Uncle Hood is wonderful. You can you know get them all hopped up on sugar and love, and then send them home. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. I think that there's like a natural point in your life where you're ready to live for something other than yourself, and mm-hmm. I think I'm starting to get there. And I mean, I'd like to meet the right person to make it happen so that has to happen first but you know up until my sister who is five and three year old I loved my other nieces and my nephew a lot but it was something about like my biological sister like having a baby and then holding it when it was so young that really got my clock starting to really tick and uh (laughs) holding just this this newborn that's like you know my blood's blood and just loving it so much and then imagining how she must love it a million times more and that I'd love to have that experience but I also am open to like if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen
That's all the time we have for now. Thanks so much for joining me for Lunch with Lissy. Thank you to our special guest, Lissy Morris. Thanks to Lorano Bistro for letting us hang out for over two hours in what is probably the longest interview of my career. But that's what happens when you meet great people like Lissy. Follow Beat Binge on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter and get notifications on more great interviews like this one. For BeatBinge.com, I'm Matt Schultz. We'll see you next time.